0: My name is Paul. I come from uh, California. I've been here a number of times. I'm in the program uh, of AA. And, uh, what happened really with me was that I started to lead fourth-step workshops, like my third year of sobriety back in San Francisco. Uh, I'm about 24 years sober now. and uh, I had gone see these guys, Joe and Charlie. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They used to come. It was funny because I was at a regular meeting. I was new. I was only like six months sober, and uh, th- these people were sharing. These two people at this meeting were sharing, and they sort of looked like they were lit up, yeah? And they were talking about this Joe and Charlie seminar they had gone to. And so I made a note of it, And uh, but then I didn't hear about it for months, for months. And then one night, I was at a meeting, and they said, oh, by the way, we have a registration for the Joe and Charlie event in Sacramento, California up here. So I ran up there and grabbed the one application they had and I filled it out and I sent it. And I, I got a ticket for my girlfriend but she didn't go at the time. So I went up there. I didn't know anybody there. There were 600 people. But there was a lot of enthusiasm, at least, in the room. And uh, and they did a four-day uh, presentation of the book. And the book seems to be very simplistic, you know, the wording, the wording and everything. But the amount of understanding they... they uh, they mined out of that book. I had never mined before, nor did anyone I was working with, you know, my sponsor, or anyone, had never uh, displayed so many nuggets like these, guys, these two old guys did for four days. And it made a big impact on me, and especially when they talked about the fourth step. Uh, it was Saturday morning, it was a four-day event, and uh, they, they explained the fourth step, and I had done one, you know, basically. But when they explained it to, to, to the group, I sort of got it. It made sense. And I got how the first column and the fourth column go. Yeah? And I ran to my little hotel room, and I did a fourth step. Where when I first got introduced to a fourth step, it was months of dragging my feet. You know? I'd say, I'm going to take one, son- one hour of every Sunday and just sit there, if I, can't, if I ride or not. But now I had it, it was just like flooding out, because I had gotten an understanding. And the understanding illuminated the process. And then the process just really pumped what was in the well really well, really well. So that I did that for three years. And then after three years, I had it. I got it, yeah, in a sense. I didn't need to go back. And that's another thing I like about uh, messages and stuff. It's not... For me, a lot of times what we need is we don't... It's like our car is stalled, Yes? Our engine isn't turning over. So if someone comes over to help you, maybe then we take the air filter off, and then you take a couple of drops of gas and you put it in the carburetor, and if you have the ignition key and you step on it, it sometimes turns over. Yeah. At that point, you don't pour any more gas into the carburetor or you'll flood it. So this is what I believe this message is. We have a way of life called recovery, but there can be an illuminating factor that can be introduced with the right view or the right understanding about what the real dilemma is. And in my humble opinion, from I, I my sense of knowing the problem is from the solution. So I didn't know the problem when I was in the problem. I had an understanding of it, but I didn't really know it. I wasn't seeing it. But when a shift occurred, like they say in a, a psychic change or a radical shift of mind, a shift occurred in my head, and then I knew the problem by the solution. It's sort of like if I was, um, when I was a kid, and when I was born, someone put a hand on my shoulder, and that hand had been on my shoulder ever since. I wouldn't know it was there, even though it may have a huge influence in my life. I'd have no idea about its influence because that's all I've ever known, and if, you, if there's something that you've always known, you don't actually know it, like actively. Yeah? That's the problem in the sense about the solution is it's already known, it's always known, but because it's always known, we don't actually know it now. Yeah. So here, so so let's say one day something happens and that hand gets lifted off my shoulder. Then when it gets lifted, I know what the hell that hand was doing. That hand was directing me, you know, that's why all my clothes were, you know, the shoulders <laughs> were drooping all the time, and all like this then a lot of sense happens just by its absence when there was no sense when it was on it. Even if I read about books about hands on shoulders and what it could do to a life, and I could sort of commiserate with that, but I didn't really get the tactile sense of it because I was in the problem in a way. But when the problem is lifted, then you know it by the solution. Yeah? So like, if, like when I came into, into recovery, I still believed that you were the problem yeah? in my life. And then, I, in a subdivision, I believed police were the problem, and judges. And then, then I came into AA, and they told me, when, they, when I heard the first step, it sounded like, to me, when I heard the first step, that my, you know, I was powerless over alcohol and drugs, and that powerlessness over alcohol, or alcohol, caused my life to be unmanageable. That's how it read to me. And when, So therefore, I assumed that if I stopped drinking and using, everything was going to go great which I had a rude awakening that that didn't happen. I had stories about certain patterns of behavior that I thought were produced by cocaine use. And after I stopped doing cocaine, they came back up in sobriety. Like it says in AA, and in in how it works, it says, we got to be convinced of three pertinent ideas, and our experiences before and after being sober you know verify it and the first one to me is a much more clarified statement than the first step which is i'm an alcoholic and i cannot manage life my own life yeah it's not that the un- my un un unmanaged my my lack of managerial quality isn't caused by my drinking and using it's prior to my drinking and using yeah actually my drinking and using was one of my managing techniques I was trying to deal with alcoholism, which I felt uncomfortable in my own skin. Not when I was a kid, but as I started to grow up. And so after that point, when I found alcohol, that was my solution to alcoholism. And it brought me relief. Unfortunately, as many of us know, that relief becomes lesser and less, and the consequences become more and more. It's a really bad deal. But at the point of of wanting relief, you make the deal at the beginning, but then you can't renege. It's like you've signed the contract, and the parasite's now on you, and it ain't leaving you. (laughs) So so there I thought, okay, you were the problem. Then the cops were the problem. And then uh, I thought drinking and using were the problem. And every time I thought I found a solution, I didn't get a radical relief, yes? But at one point, along this little uh, journey, I entertain the idea that, you know, I believe the root of the problem is identification as a self, yeah? Not obsession with self. I believe obsession with self is what the mind does when it's identified itself, to reinforce the identification, yeah? The bondage to self is, un- in a sense, unnatural. Yeah? So there's got to be a daily glue to keep the bondage in place, yeah? So the bondage of self has to be produced every day, and I think the thought system, one of its jobs is to do that. Yeah, The way it holds you, it holds you as a body. Yeah, The way it presents you is as a body. The way it thinks about you is as a body. And so there's an identification as feeling of, of being a long-lasting, independent separate entity. Now, when I finally entertain that... It was like the hand that hand came off my shoulder. And by the relief that occurred from that entertaining, I knew the problem. And the problem was identification itself, because it was like a bingo, and it's been the last answer. I haven't had any new answer since, and this has been for quite a while, yeah? So you know the problem by the solution. But before, let's say, there isn't that leap into that solution, you can have an understanding or a view, yeah? That can that can lead to vision sooner or later, yes. So right now you have a view. Like one one aspect of the view is that I am not the thinker of the thoughts, and it's a very simple thing you can test out. If you go to AA meetings or any kind of recovery meetings, if you sit in there for a couple of months, when I walked into recovery, I thought I didn't know it, but I was terminally unique. I mean, I was I. For so long, I didn't believe anyone could ever understand me. I was that unique, you know? <laughs> I was like a run-of-a-mill addict and now gone, but I thought I was very unique. And that no one thought the thoughts I thought, which, you know, and no one felt the things I felt, and definitely no one did the heinous things that I did. Then when I listen to people share their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions in life in the meetings... After a few months, it, it, I came to only two conclusions: either they have my thoughts. How did they get them? You know, how do they have my feelings? I thought they were my feelings. You know, like it was like a, a proprietary situation. Well, it seemed to be public domain. Yeah. So, or they're not my thoughts and they're not my feelings. They're not saying it's not saying there's no thoughts and no feelings. It's really stating they're not mine. It's a difference. Yeah. See, people believe that this, the solution of freedom is going to come from no thoughts. The solution comes from seeing thoughts as not yours. They're not, it's the my, it's the act of being identified that produces the bondage of self. Yes? That to me is the claiming and the glue making. So, when I, when I uh, started to entertain that, hey, these aren't my thoughts, I first held them as alcoholic thoughts, and I'll tell you, I had distance between me and them. Yeah? I got a little space. Yes? And that little space sort of translated into a pause. So when those thoughts would appear, and they weren't held as mine, I had a little bit of an objective view of them. And I said, these are fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm not going to do follow this right now. I'm going to shut up, call somebody, or watch a movie or something, but I'm not going to follow this little, you know. And in that, I started to get freedom from the consequences of following these thoughts. Yes? And of course, as soon as you start getting the relief, it verifies you're onto something. So the idea that the thoughts, they're, they're happening, something's producing them, but I wouldn't say it's you. I would say the feeling that you are the producer of them is a thought itself. Yeah? So it's sort of like this. like if um, you know I like to use this term, none of us in this room can really shit when we want to, basically, yeah. We can't, we can't even control, we're not pumping our own blood, we're not pumping our heart, we're not beating our heart, we're not digesting our food, you know, if you did, you would have left a burrito in there from a week ago, you know, and you couldn't get to it today. (laughs) We're not doing all these activities of the body, yeah, and the brain is having an activity of thoughts, yeah, but we actually throw ourselves in the position of being the thinker of those thoughts, like we're doing it, Yet we can't even shit when we want to. It's an incredible leap of claiming a power that's not of our own. Yeah? So, if I'm not the thinker of them, and then, also, I'm not the object of the thoughts, because the thought system that we're saddled with is an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness, yeah, called alcoholism. It really is. Everyone has a self-centered uh, thought system, but ours is extremely uh, obsessed with the idea of being the self. Yes. That thought system... projects or interprets a life, yeah? In other words, that thought system gives meaning to everything. And the biggest meaning it's given anything is you. That's the biggest meaning it can give. And it's given the meaning of being you to this body, yes? So here we are in this room, and if I, if, if everyone uh, described what was happening right now, they would be saying, I'm seeing a you. Yeah. From where you are, you'd be saying, I'm seeing this you, yes? From this point I'm going, I'm seeing that you. Yeah? But in fact, what's actually happening is you could say it's I am seeing you. The I is what we share. Yeah, I would say that's awareness or consciousness. I would say that's what we actually are, right? The I is what we share, and what the I sees is a you. Now, from my percep perspective, all right, I see you, and then you're seeing this, right? But when I ask myself, who is this, who is this you, I say it's me. Yeah? I'm the only me in the whole world, in this whole world of yous. Yeah? And if everyone in this room voted what I was, they would say I'm a you, right? From your experience, right? You're looking, I'm a you for sure. But stubbornly, I just bypass that information and I say, but this you is me. Yeah? As soon as the me happens, you're fucked, basically. <laughs> because it's very hard to f- learn from yous, because they're not you, they're me. I'm me. Yeah? It has, it's an incredible deterrent from any information getting in. Because you believe that the only thing you need to believe in to have everything be seen to be totally different is that it's a me. Yeah? You don't understand, it's about me. Yeah. No, you understand greatly because you're going through the same mental head that I'm going through and you're calling it me also. So the illness is not you and it's definitely not I, it's me. Yeah, that's the identification. That's the identification itself. So what would happen if, if, I could, if I if I'm not this me, then what am I? I just said it I, yeah. I am that awareness. And I would say the same awareness that's looking out of you, your little camera location, is the same awareness that's looking out of this camera location. And I would say what's actually experiencing here, everything, is I. Yeah? It's happening through you's, you The mental process in this you says it's me, and that's where the bondage of self occurs. You get bonded to an idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And you lose your sense of the nature of oneness with everyone else. Yeah, I say that's the root of the disease for me. And so, okay, how does this disease, if it's not me, how does it claim to be me? Well, through the act of being identified. So that's what the process of selfing does. Selfing is an activity of mind that implies, infers, points at, refers back to a sense of being you. So if you're listening to it without any wisdom, you're gonna take to, you're gonna take yourself to be all day a me. Yeah? All day. K Paul is gonna be broadcasting, selling you tons of commercials and lousy shit. Yeah? And you're gonna be buying it every day as if it's novel and new because it's about you. Yeah? But it isn't about a you, it's about me. Yes, It's an identified you. That's the dilemma. So I found when I started to see that the biggest word in the language as an activity is my and it changes everything if there's money money has a meaning for everyone in this room but if you want to make it weigh a lot differently put my in front of it my money totally different yeah totally different tons of stories come out of my money sex my sex usually different relationships my relationships like fucking Novels are written from there, yeah? So I would say the my is how mine distributes meaning, yes? So there's things going on, but if they're going on to me or their mind, they have a huge meaning. So a simple example, let's say if I'm having fun with a woman, we're going out, going to movies, going on little trips, and then one day, uh, my mind gives a proclamation, she is my girlfriend, yes? So now, as soon as she becomes my girlfriend, then a few weeks later, I'm up on stalking charges, you know, I'm breaking into her internet. Because I think, because she's my girlfriend, I have the right to know what my girlfriend is doing at all times. You know what I mean? What happened to the relationship with the girlfriend? It changed dramatically as soon as the my was introduced, yeah? To me, that's the act of identification. That's what produces a heaviness. And if you're under a lot of heaviness for a period of time, you're going to want relief. It's just the natural reaction, yes? And of course, what's going to supply you the answer for that release is the problem. You're going to go to the exact thought system that has been producing the irritability, restlessness, and discontent and ask it for a strategy to get relief from the irritability, restlessness, and discontent, which it is very, very willing to do. It will give you a five-year Stalinist plan of how you're going to be better. Never that you're okay now. It's always put into time, isn't it? Most people, if you listen when they share, and you go up to them afterward, they go, hey, what's going on? What's happened? Oh, I will be okay. Don't fuck with my unokayness now. I will be okay. It's always put into time. Or I was once okay, and I have the hope that I will be okay later. But what's being verified is the lie that you're unokay okay now. Yes. It's a fucking lie. So, this takes me to an important... To me, the third step is like the main principle of AA, and I really believe that it's a two-pronged it's a two step, in a way. I don't think one part of it gets addressed enough, to me. And I think it's actually the unspoken step, and it's called quit playing God. Yeah? So when it brings us to the uh, third step in the book, for about two pages it talks about the... Uh, the dead-endness of self-centeredness, selfishness, you know, it will kill us and no human aid is going to be able to help us from it, all that stuff, and that we need some other power. Yep. And then it says, okay, the how and why of the whole program, which is a pretty comprehensive statement, yes? If you're going to look at a program and someone says, all right, we're going to go over the how and why of it, I would sort of be interested in that. Yep. So it says the how and why of the whole program is, 1st we got to quit playing God the answer why it doesn't work then it goes next in this drama of life we're going to God is going to be our director we're going to be his servants or something like that it goes on yeah but you have to see the importance of the first yeah because it comes prior to the big step of the surrender of you know turning your willing life over why is that well if you look at it if that if, you, if the root of the problem is identification as self yes then what may happen is, if that's not being seen clearly, what will actually be claiming the act of making this decision to turn your life over to the care of a higher power may be the system of thought and interpretation called self. So if self does it, this is why people, I find, have this experience in the meetings. They believe they can take it back. They surrender but then if something they want, oh, take that back, and then oh, oh, it doesn't work out, all right, I surrender again, they take it back every week. It's like back and forth. Yeah, it's like a kid, a little kid and a big kid, the big kid gives them a bag of candy, and then when he wants it, just grabs it back. Yeah, I would say why that occurs is because at that point, the selfing thing is playing God with God. Yeah? It's made a smaller God that it's turned its life over to, that it can take its life back anytime it wants because it's the bigger God. Yeah? That's why I think it says quit, we have to stop playing God. Now, what would happen is if you studied for two years how to stop playing God, wouldn't that be playing God also? So you can't self, can't get out of self. Yeah. So the selfing that's playing God can't unplay God. It's going to be playing God to get out of playing God. Yeah, it, self can't get out of self. It's always gonna, no matter how many escape doors it sees when it enters, it's in the same little labyrinth. It's never getting out of self. But if you're not self, yeah, if you're not self, if you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, then you can see, I'm not that which plays God. Yeah, and if you're not that which plays God, you're now suspending the transfer of God-juice, let's say, that you are, over to that mental process called selfing. It has to have the God-juice to play God. Yeah? And the fact is, when the God-juice is not given over to it, you start seeing what you used to see from. You start seeing its antics very clearly, where before you were totally confused, taking false evidence to be a real, quite a lot. Now you're seeing false evidence and therefore it doesn't appear real to you anymore yes because false evidence cannot be real it can only appear real to you it has to have a you that's diluted to appear real to it has no ability to be real it can only appear real yeah false evidence is damn it's false evidence can, no matter how much you twist it it's still false evidence it can you and i are the main Cog for it to transfer from false to appearing real by producing effects, yeah? That's what the self thing does. It has the God juice because you've forgotten your nature and taken on that nature to be you and now it's playing God with that God juice. We're going to say, no, 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 I'm not that which is playing God and that's taking back the God juice, yeah? And then, see, God doesn't play God, it is God in a way. I don't like the word God, but let's just go with it, yeah? God doesn't have to play God, it is God. Something that isn't something will play it, yes? So, if that's the case, if I, if I actually look at quit playing God as an incredible aspect of the program, then when the decision is made to turn my will my life over, and I start doing the steps which actualize that decision, yes? there will be a clear understanding who and who isn't actually doing the steps. Yeah? And therefore, I don't have to live in surrender, forget, surrender, forget. I get stabilized and surrendered. Yes? Surrendered. It's like I was at a meeting the other day, and a lady was sharing very, very uh, poetically about, as an analogy of, of living in this valley and then, she, she goes, and then she gets confused and everything, and then she feels really free when she gets up to this ridge. But it's a big hike, But and the last hill is really steep, and she calls it the third step hill. But by the time she climbs that hill and gets to the ridge, she feels that presence, that and she sees that vista, yes? And she feels the sense of the higher power. But then, inevitably, she's back on the valley again climbing and she can't wait to get to that and maybe she won't be able to make it up that third step hill and she went on describing this for about 10 minutes and i just shared and i said why not just move to the ridge yeah why not live on the ridge forget the whole trekking and having only up on the ridge will this happen therefore if you find yourself not to be on the ridge it's not happening you, I need a power that's always available at all times. I cannot have it dependent on me as the God player. <laughs> you know, Only on the ridge do I feel that presence. Give me a fucking break. Move to the ridge. <clears throat> Why do I want to keep living on the valley? You know, In hopes of climbing the ridge, I'll just move to the ridge. To me, that's what it's like. It can be a quantum leap. We have the way of life. We have the God rails, the G.O.D. rails that keep us, keep the big free crazy dog of alcoholism asleep so you can have the run of your life, yeah? We have the way to keep that big dog asleep, but then you can leap into different states. I mean radical freedom, like like free-range alcoholics, yeah? You can be actually radically free, you know? You can actually sense and live from the problem doesn't exist for you anymore. And know how that stabilizes? When it doesn't exist as you. And if the problem is identification as self, that's how it exists. It exists as you. It may have the problem, and then it may get over it, but it never gets out of that. yeah, Because you're still bonded to the idea of being a self. Yeah. And if the problem is claiming the solution, it's going to neuter the solution somewhat. So it says, at one point, it says, with no thought or effort on your part. You see, a lot of times in life, in this program, we have to carry the ball. But there are certain points where you put it down and something else picks it up. When there's no thought or effort on your part, you'll be placed in a position of neutrality. You couldn't find neutrality if we're staring you in the face. We're placed in there, because our mind is extremely split, dualistically. Yes, That's what it's like. So, we're placed in a position of neutrality with no thorough effort on our part. The problem will not exist for us anymore. It's like being reborn. yeah. And I've had that sense. And it's always available, that sense. It doesn't mean I'm having an experience of it all the time, but the state of it is always so. Yeah. I could care less, in a sense, about experiences unless they're not really, you know, someone killing me or running me over. Basically, it's the state... It's, it's the attitude and outlook that's infused with gratitude, with, which is infused with freedom, that influences all my experiences all day. My experiences don't influence my state. The state influences the experiences. Yeah? Experiences are how much... You can consume experiences. You can get so many experiences and then come to the conclusion you're a spiritual person. It's all bullshit. You can't become what you already are. All you can do is recognize it. Yeah? Once you recognize it, you'll realize I was never that. And that's the freedom from it. The freedom from it was I, was, I was in it, then I got out of it, only to go back in it again? No. The real freedom is, I was never in it. That's the best way to get out of anything, is never being in it. Yeah. It takes absolutely no time. And I'll tell you, my sense of this thing, is a timeless solution. It really is. When it's... In the thought system that we're listening to most of the time... The thought system presents us as a body. That's what it does. And what it does, is, when you think about you in the past, you think about you as a body, yes? When the thought system thinks about you, it's presented as a body. And when it's worrying about you, it's worrying about a body, yeah? The thought system has its limitations. It takes you to be a body, yeah? Now, the best you can do, if you listen to this thought system, is to try to acquire a spiritual condition and put it onto a body condition as the primary condition. What would happen if you are a spiritual condition primarily? Yeah. That I would think, like it says in the book, our daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Could you imagine the highest form of maintenance would be realizing you're a spiritual condition? Yeah. I mean it's the perfect way to maintain itself because it's always being it. Yeah? It's not some... And then, who tells you if you're getting close to God? Your head. Yeah? I would say that's God playing, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Who tells you how far away from the truth you are today? Up here, yeah? <laughs> it's like, you know, when you're a kid and they play that thing in like the. Like Easter, they tie the eggs or something, and then people, and the, some, some sadistic adult would be going, You're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, and there's no eggs at all anywhere. Oh, come on, kids, keep looking. It's all hot, hot, hot. Oh, cold, cold, cold. That's what their mind's like. It's playing God with God. It's always available at all times because it's timeless. Yes? It's timeless. It's a timeless solution. That's what a pause is in the program. We call it a pause. Yeah, a pause is a timeless. It's 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 a moment in time that has more emphasis on the timelessness. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen lives change in a in what we call a one second pause, but a whole direction of a life shifted in that pause because in that one second it's not one second it's inf- it's infinite you can have a huge amount of information downloaded and no one will even notice it you can it's not quantity it's about a huge amount of sh- a shift can occur in a in a split second because it's timelessness yeah the timelessness is not quantified it's not based on getting more and practicing more and doing more work, it's based on its own quality, which is timeless, yes? It drops in, and then its, it's influence expresses through time. It like, it's almost like a, an oil spill in a way. It just leaks into all your little time in your life. But it's all, you get a sense after a while of the timeless nature of it. Yeah? To me, it has no qualities of the problem. That's why it's the solution to it. It has no qualities of the problem. It's not, it's not something that's achieved or made, because if it was, then you could lose it. Yeah? It's not something that you can have, because then again you could lose it. It has its own qualities that you can't know, but if you surrender the belief of knowing, yeah, and then be willing to entertain I don't know, you'll find out. And I'll tell you, finding out is a much more convincing form of knowledge than knowing, yeah? I've seen people convinced they were fucked in the program and five minutes later they're unconvinced. To wait to try to to wait to sign this thing up for your little plan is crazy. Because it's just wishy and washy. But there is aspects of mind that can be thoroughly convinced. Thoroughly convinced. And when that starts occurring, there's no more surrender, it's surrendered. It stabilizes. Yeah? The freedom isn't something based on you, it's based on itself, therefore it's always available. You don't. You don't. You don't gain merit. You don't deserve it. You don't achieve it. You don't have it. You don't give it. You you have it by giving it away. Literally, that's how it works, in my view. And so it's like a whole another aspect of mind, and it's not coming through the filter of self-centeredness. Yeah, it's bypassing that. It's coming to an. It's and it's hitting to me. It's like an unspoken yes in your gut. It just becomes so. It's like a. It's a, like a never-ending echo of assurance, yeah? you found something that's totally reliable. Just like we've now discovered that why we're in so much fear today, as you were talking about, Ivan, it says very simply, it's because self-reliance has failed us, yeah? And it, most people will start blaming themselves for the self-reliance failing them, which is incredible selfishness and self-centeredness. No, the self-centeredness, the, the, the uh, system of relying on self is a failed system. It doesn't work. It's not reliable. It's like being on a dead horse. It's time to get up. Yeah. So it says perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite. That's exactly the case. That's the process we're all in. Yeah. And in that process, if you if you really diagnose or can entertain a diagnosis that really fits with the problem, which I believe is its identification as self, a radical illumination can occur. And then AA becomes an incre- incredible way to express a peace of mind. It's lovely. This is an incredible community we're in. There's, a, there's meetings everywhere. And in these meetings, a loving God is expressing itself through our group conscious. Ex- you can sense the presence. And if you took us all individually, we're all assholes, let's say. But when we get together, it produces a sweet perfume. There's a presence in the air. It's magnified by our gathering together. This is like partake. Slurp it up, sense it, bathe in it. You're not going to get it out there all day. You're not. Every out there all day, it's about you as a body. This room, it can be suspended for an hour, and you can just drink up, and it feels like it. I see people, when they hear this message, there's an aha, they light up, yeah? Then they go home and think about it, and it's all fucked. But, but, but the immediate delivery of it, I see the reaction of the mind, the virgin mind, going, Aha! And then the little tentacle, parasitical mind claims it and, What, is, what does he mean? That's not a yay or this is this... And it's fucking neutered. It's neutered and now, now you know it again. Oh, I know what he was talking about. No, you fucking don't know. Because if it doesn't translate into an ease and comfort, you're not on it yet. This is about... Uh, this is about results. I wouldn't be here if it didn't kick in. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't promise the change of the terrain of your life, but you'll travel lighter off all over it. All of the trains, all the things that could possibly happen to you as an action figure, you'll travel lighter over them. Yeah? And that's the proof in the pudding. And there's an ease and comfort, because your faith is not in a failed system anymore. Your faith is in whatever you want to call it, that higher power... Yeah? Because faith begets whatever vehicle it's put in. So if you put it into a failed thought system, you're going to produce anxiety. Your faith is what's producing the amount of anxiety you're in. It's mind-boggling, isn't it? Your faith in your thought systems, in the thoughts you're having today, is what's producing all the anxiety. And the same faith, if put into the right field, will produce an ease and comfort in your own skin right now. It's the exact same faith. It's just where it's put. Yeah? You keep putting into a failed thought system that's all about time and uh, what's going to happen to me. Very little about you, but me, 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 me. And all that faith, it's like an incredible devotional power being turned in a, in a weird, bizarre way, producing its exact opposite effect. Tons of anxiety about what's not happening. And literally, most of the stuff that we're worried about is not happening right now, is it? It did happen or it will happen, but it ain't happening. There's very little relevance given to this moment. And if you're relying on that system, it's never going to give relevance to this moment. It could give a shit about this moment. This moment is just entertained there and then. It lives in time. It does not live in timelessness. Self appears in time. So the thought system is based on time. And the basic thing it's trying to cause us to avoid is this moment. Because in this moment is conscious contact. And consciousness is what we are. Yeah? In past stories about conscious contact, there's no consciousness in there. And in future speculations about, what am I going to be in contact later? There still is no consciousness in there. It's a dead realm. There's only one God reigning supreme, and that is selfing. And we're suffering the consequences of our devotion to it. No matter how much we bitch about it, there's a certain love for it. People don't want to really be free. They want to want to be free, if it's fashionable. But they don't want to be put on a dime. Unless someone would notice their funeral. You know, someone saw me looking free, that's great. (laughs) It's like I surf, you know, it's funny. When you're surfing, there's there's a joy of whatever you're doing. But the egoic aspect of the mind is just hoping someone saw me catch that big wave on the shore. (laughs) So I can be called a surfer. It's constantly seeking identification because it doesn't have a fucking life. It's a parasitical tendency. It's living off of you right now. That thought system is like a, a tentacle-laden parasite that's feeding off of you. Because And you can't entertain throwing it off because you're identified as it. That's its greatest strategy. It's a very hostile takeover. Everyone can admit that. Anyone who's had alcoholism, it's not a very benevolent takeover when that parasite takes this over. It's very hostile. You would think that your natural reaction would be to throw that parasite off. And it would be if you were as clear about the host. But the parasitical system produces itself to be the host. You take self to be you. Therefore, you can't, no matter how bad it gets, you can't entertain being free of it except killing yourself. And that's what some people do. But then you can try to get therapy for it, socialize it. Maybe you'll be able to go to a picnic and not flip out or have a month-long relationship, work or something. All these little small successes. Oh, it's getting okay. yeah. But you can't entertain being free of it because you're identified as it. But if you're not that, which is bonding you, then you immediately can entertain, hey, I can be free of it. Yes? And as soon as the mind wakes up to that possibility, there's no stopping it. No stopping it. It's not now trying to be free as it, which is what most of us are doing. It's actually starting to think I can be free from it. yeah it's a totally different ballgame. And one of the biggest things that drops off is the narration of your day. This little thing that's yapping all day like an accountant. Did I have value? Am I, is there a hope someone going to like me or whatever? All that noise just goes down. And then you just walk in a room and you experience walking in a room. Yeah? you just start experiencing things instead of living a narration of it up here yeah? that's something that used to happen with me it was, I felt like there was a football game but my, all my attention was in the booth and listening to Howard Purcell talk about the football <laughs> game <laughs> Oh, what does this mean if I punt right now fucking punt it doesn't mean that much at all yeah You know what I mean? If I turn left, my whole life will be different. No, it isn't. You're not that important. Just turn left. You know, it doesn't. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're not profoundly important. You're not. (laughs) So there's like a. It's like the living the rule sixty-two. You stop taking yourself so seriously. And the most serious you can ever take the self is to be you. That's the most serious you can. After you've done that, you're way past the point of obsession. You're in the realm of identification. When you suffer from identification, you don't know it. You do sooner or later find out about if you suffer from an obsession, but some people never find out they're suffering from identification. And that identification will spawn obsessions, and it will act like it wants to get out of the obsessions, but the biggest obsession is never seen. The first addiction of mind is the self. Yeah? And that spawns all the other addictions. When I got loaded, I was trying to get relief from addiction to self, basically. Yeah? That's what I was doing. I was in the addiction to self. It was causing a lot of irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And therefore, I did drugs and alcohol to get relief from that addiction to self. And they produced their own addictions and their own consequences. Only better to camouflage the original addiction. Yeah? We're just trying to point out to that. Which is the original addiction? And if I'm not that, then all new possibilities will show up in your life. And I tell you, it illuminated the steps for me greatly. Because when I did the fourth step after this started to be entertained, the way I read it was, I can put it this way, and I say it every time I come here, because I think i have never heard it, I didn't hear it out there when I was in the program. And it says on right where on page 64, it says, All right. Being convinced, and the word convinced means to believe with certainty. So it says being convinced. So there is in the book, it's like there's preparatory points to get to before you jump into certain steps. Yeah? So it says being convinced that self manifested in various ways. You know, so self appears or manifests in various ways. Uh, is what has defeated us. Yeah? So it's a very very good statement So because it separates the two, us and self. And if you ask everyone in this room what self defeated them, we'd all have the same answer. It would be myself. self. It's self hasn't defeated me. It's, it's the act of being identified as that self that defeats me. You know, you've got to watch this. It sounds semantically, but it's a huge difference. Because if, if you take self to be an object that's inherently outside of you, ready to attack you at all times, you're going to live in fear. It's not. Self doesn't have much juice. It gets the juice from the mind. When a mind, as ours, becomes identified as what it's not, it transfers a lot of juice to that. And that's how self plays God. It uses our juice to play God. Yeah. So it says, all right, self is what has defeated us, manifested in various ways. After we're convinced of that, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. We're not even going to go into all the ones. There's tons of them. So there's tons of them. But all right, what, and in the next paragraph it says resentment. So, if you look at it this way, this is how I see it, we're actually doing an inventory on the expressions of self in our life, yeah? And so, if I have a lot of resentment and anxiety and fear, then that sort of tells me that selfing has a, like, uh, carte blanche access into all the aspects of my life, man. It's producing its effects on all the things I hold dear, like relationships, let's say, security, this and that, yeah? which that's what it does, it takes certain, we have a certain basic needs because we're in a body seemingly, and it really riffs on those needs, and it gives tons of meaning to things. Like, when I remember I did the fear the sex inventory, I I realized that I wasn't having, I wasn't acting out sexually for sex, it was for uh, uh, self-esteem, really. If If a very pretty woman let me go horizontal with her, I said that that makes me okay. Therefore, I had, to, I, had to do, I had to go out with girls like drugs because the, the okayness would wear off, like when I saw her in the morning, maybe. And then i have to go out again, to again, okay again, and okay again, and okay again, and okay again, and okay again. So I had very little to do with sex. it had a lot to do with self-esteem. So you see that when selfing claims these things, it gives a lot of meaning to them, like just basic instinctual drives. And in those... In those areas, it gets to manifest, yeah? It's expressions, and the grosser ones are resentments, fear, harming other people in the pursuit of what you want. Now, if you keep calling the fear that is self-manifesting through you yours, I would say that's the act of being identified as self, yeah? If you're claiming the expressions or the qualities of a foreign system That's moving through you as yours, I would say that's being identified as. I would say that's the activity of the root of the problem. That's the diagnosis. And when I saw that diagnosis and I entertained it, the relief I got verified the diagnosis, yeah? It's like it's like yeah, if I got an ointment and it says I don't know what I have. I have a rash on my leg, and I put the ointment on, and I use about 12 ointments. One ointment works. I look it up, and it says, oh, this is for psoriasis, and I come to the conclusion I must have had psoriasis because the rash is gone. So this is the same way. I came to this conclusion because the, the, the results verified the, uh, the possibility, Yeah that I'm not that, that it's the act of being identified as self, and that's what I believe the mind's doing. I call it selfing all day. Yeah? It's selfing, applying the glue to this idea of being a self, so that your mind, you, what I actually call you, is bonded to this idea of being what you're not, and then living a life based on what you're not. So, And then you're a powerful juice of faith is producing the incredible panoramic visions of fear all day. (laughs) Because you have total faith in a failed system. (laughs) You don't think it's a failed system? Any system that delivers the goods. If you were a furniture uh, deliverer and you never missed a delivery, you wouldn't have no need for excuses, would you? There'd be no rationale. Because you already got there on time and delivered it. There'd be no blame, wouldn't there? You always deliver the you know, couch on time. Yeah, there'd be none. But a system that fails you miserably has a lot of excuses, rationale, and blame, doesn't it? To what? To cover up its inability to deliver the goods. Yeah. This is about telling the truth about a failed system. And not getting therapy for it, though you may like to do that, but to get relief from it. By seeing that, I'm not that. And this is... I'm just giving you an understanding, sort of like a view, and hopefully it will promote the seeing of it. And when the seeing happens, the emphasis shifts from that to this other side, and now there's a winning, yeah? Yeah. It may happen very quickly. It may happen over time. But it's sort of like, here's the understanding of the view. Entertain the view. You'll have moments of seeing. That seeing, maybe you'll... Motivates you to entertain the view a little more, and then there will be a real stabilizing of the seeing, maybe, and then you can honor the view but put it down. The understanding has no value except to lead to the seeing. You don't need any more self knowledge; It avails you nothing. Yeah, self knowledge avails us nothing. Any knowledge claimed by selfing doesn't do squat for you. It never leads you to freedom from self. Yeah, but this knowledge is different. This knowledge will do its job, lead to seeing, and then. It's put down and now there's a seeing. And the seeing verifies itself all day. The presence of the power verifies its authenticity. Yeah, you don't need, well, you may like to read philosophy and stuff, but the real verification in my life is its presence. It's always available at all times. It doesn't matter what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling, what my take is on me that day. How I was yesterday. I should be better because I'm in this seat assignment. All that is bullshit. There's just seeing. It never, never blinks. It never goes out until you pass away and then it won't matter to you anyway because you'll be gone. As long as you're here, you're on. And what's that onness isn't you, it's consciousness. And I would say consciousness is what we are, or awareness, yeah? So, it's available... We have a way of life already, so a lot of people are trying to find a way of life to get to this. We already have a way of life through the back door, because we got our asses kicked. But this is a damn good way of life. It will support the activity of entertaining this pretty well. And this is just a, maybe a, a form of illuminating it clearer. So, Any questions tonight? No, stunned into silence. <laughs> did a good job. Then. All right, well, we'll um, pass the basket. Then. And anyone's interested in the new shirts? I've got new shirts. New shirts. Zen bit slap, a new one.
1: Yeah. I, I have them here, yeah.
0: I try to, we're like self, we're self-supporting too. Yes? I try to sell shirts. Instead of giving you nothing, which I already gave you now, I'll also give you something <laughs> after me. Yes? I have question. What's going on when you're, we're uh, awareness, what's going on when you're tired, can't focus, this, that, bored? What's going on? Yeah. I guess tired, can't focus, and bored. <laughs> okay. But who's it going on to is more important, uh-huh. really. Yeah? Because the who's it going on to will give being bored, a lot of meetings, being unfocused, a lot of meetings, being tired. I shouldn't be tired, whatever, yes? It's so easy to recognize a condition if you don't have the narration about it, yeah? If you're tired, go. if you can, take a nap. If you're hungry, like it says, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I used to think, I swear, when I first sober, I thought I was going through cosmic dilemmas, and all I needed was a bologna sandwich. It was all chemicals. I swear to God, I thought it was like a profound mystical experience. I was just hungry. I had no—I couldn't recognize the basic format of the body. There was so much meaning put on anything. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, how are you doing? Good. Good to see you, um, I've looked like an experience since I've been doing this and like with the other teachers, Tolay, uh, Montesano. Uh, I, I've like this experience where I'm forgetting all the time, like I forget basic things or somebody I've met maybe 50 times I forget their name or I, I'm just like I, I don't know, it's just like a shift away from the ego? Alzheimer's. You no, should no, get help. No, 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 no. You, <laughs> no, 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 no. you can Have you yeah. had this experience where like you just get kind of a little forgetful or? Yeah. <laughs> I used to have that before. I used to forget I owed people money, but they never forgot that I owed (laughs) them. Yeah, yeah. The memory too. In my own experience, the memory has a lot of uh, purposes. But in the selfing, it it has a purpose to keep the historical continuum of being you. And so, one of the things that got dramatically whacked in me was memory. Like, if you're really in a day, you don't have much memory of it. Yeah. Like when I'm in a day, when I'm living in a day, I don't garner any memory from it because I was there the whole time. Yeah? It's so I found a lot of times memory is like a substitute for seemingly not being there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember once I was in this place in Burma. And it was this incredible area with all these temple sites. And I saw this giant cloud of dust coming. And it was a big tourist bus. And all these Japanese people came out walked right up to the temple, turned around, got their pictures taken, then got back on the bus. Yeah? So they didn't really experience the temple, but they had the memory of it being at the temple. I think a lot of peak time, that's the way the mind likes to live. It doesn't, really, it doesn't really have any interest of really being here. It wants to have evidence that it was here. Yeah? In my view. So when that gets given up, you don't, I don't have like, when I go on a trip, I have no idea how it went. It's just a, just a, just a conglomeration of stuff, yet it's in the context of one simple state of, of presence, yeah. And to me, my intention is more interested in that than on what all the content most of the time. It's sort of like a never ending day in a way. You know, time goes through it and seasons change in it, but the context never moves. It's just an amazing something it's very reliable because it's always present. And uh, I think that's what I was suffering from. I'm so jittery from relying on something that was unreliable for years. I've been seeking a source of reliability, which can't be found in humans or in teachers or anything like that. It's got to be authenticated where you are, I find. And I, you know, it, sense, it has happened, in a sense. and I, uh, By it happening, I know that's, that was a need I had. You know? I didn't want to put my authority on anyone else anymore. I don't want to have to go see someone to get something. You know they're there to invite me to entertain. I'm that already, and so that's why I, I like that because I'm always. I've never missed any meetings that I've ever given. Yeah, I've never missed one meeting yet. So I come to every meeting. I mean, there are thousands of them now, and I've been listening to every one of them. It's not like I'm talking. Something comes through, and I listen just as much, or maybe more so, because I honor where it's coming from by all of the downloads. There's been an intimation of where it's coming from. And that which I can never know or describe or have an experience of, I have an intimation of it. And it's fucking wonderful in my view. Yeah. Power way beyond any powers we've met in this place. So I mean, self-centeredness, alcoholism, though seemingly extremely powerful, is quite, quite uh, small compared to what we're in contact with now. Yeah, this power that's greater than If I found if you're willing, and then honor also. Honoring, I think, is important. It keeps it flowing. So in other words, my attention, while looking at everything out here, is always looking back, in a sense. Looking at that original face or that. And that, uh, that has served me well here, you know, that aspect. Now, I've seen some major people with big spiritual resumes go out. I mean, big time. Really, and it would shock you. You would think that they had enough armor to stay, have an immunity, but it didn't pan out that way. And then when I saw them after they were taken over, there was no, I couldn't even recognize how they were appearing. And I picked them up at that motel on Lombard Street in San Francisco after they smoked crack for a few days. And it didn't matter their whole spiritual resume, they were fucked. So... I have a lot of respect. If that dog's asleep in your life right now, it gives you the run of your life, man. Don't, if you, it's not smart to throw any bones near it. No, don't wake it up. Because once it wakes up, you're going to have to feed it, clean up after it. You know, You're going to be a full-time form of slavery to that thing when it wakes up, man. So if alcoholism is asleep in you today, to me, I like to always say, this day is brought to you by sobriety, like a sponsorship. The old TV shows. I always say that now. This day has been brought to me by sobriety. Yeah, it's very nice to remember that because without this context as a way of life, no matter what you think you've achieved and everything like that, when that little door cracks open and that parasite gets in there, and if, it's, if it if it if it if it convinces you to bring it to a point of fuck it, be it a small fuck it or a big fuck it, and you allow it to enter, you don't allow it. But when it moves in, you never know when it's moving out. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you don't know where it's going to take you, man. And this place is a subjective experience. There is no objective hell here. It's made up in the head. Yeah? And you can't... I cannot do justice what it was like back then. Yeah? I can't do it justice by memory. But I can hear other people share it, and I definitely know I don't want to go there, and I don't see any difference in anyone in this room with me, we all have that potential of alcoholism. I don't care what your spiritual resume is. If there's a, if that opens in and gets in, that thing will take you over like that in a day. It can, yeah. And it'll eat you from the inside out. Maybe you'll still have the spiritual veneer, but you'll be corrupted inside out. It will. It has to bleed through. So we've met a power greater than it. Yeah. You honor it, and act, you know, be willing to open up towards it. But see, if you open up towards it as a self, it's like putting a big dimmer on it, yeah? It's like you've, It's like on the third step, it says when you come in here, all right, we now have a higher power of our own understanding. But if selfing is, is defining that understanding, it's going to be a very small God. I want to have a God of its own understanding, yes? I want to have a God of its own understanding and be in the position of, I don't know, and then find out. Because it's very revelatory. Because what you think how things should be and how much you should get or whatever, you've got it all very downsized, small package. This thing will blow your ideas out of the water if you're open to it. Yeah. So it's sort of like, I don't want to put a frame of my understanding to keep that sunlight of the spirit defined by this little 6x4 window. I want to have it of its own understanding, which is it's always light. Yeah, Always light. Not defined by what it's coming through. It's always light. So yeah. Thanks. Well, I- do we pass the basket? That's enough, right? We'll see Friday if you want to come back. I love Dover. Keep coming back here. I mean, I thought in my old in my ideas of this, I'd be in Hawaii doing retreats or Costa Rica. I'm in Dover, Staten Island. You yeah. <laughs> know. So we end with the serenity prayer. Any any question more if you want? No? All uh, right. Yes? I have one. Yeah. AA sort of brought me with Theravada Buddhism and the idea of self and no self. And actually, a friend of mine brought you a evening and turned me on to you just a few days ago. And your idea that you really have no control of these thoughts that are coming up, they're just sort of bubbling up like a heartbeat or a digestion. And I had a mindfulness practice that I was working suddenly it kind of became really hilarious yes um, like especially when bad thoughts were coming up and the, the moment i realized that i wasn't creating them i started laughing my ass off yeah it's good Do you experience that yes every I mean, day started to get real funny yes like, it's hilarious if it's not you it is it really is it's hilarious well I laugh quite a lot because <laughs> it flips me out <laughs> how seriously I took it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good sign, yeah. 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 See you are mind. I don't know about mindfulness. You are mind. Yeah? If you see there's this thing, like in uh you ever read there's a lot of books about how to get into the moment, yeah? You ever see that? Or how to get how to get more into the moment, or how to get into the turbocharged moment, or something, you know? How to get into the moment that you wish the most moment for, or whatever. But in a sense, my take is you can't be out of a moment. There's no way you can ever be out of one. Right? Yeah, you can't be out of a moment. So why the hell do you want to get in it? <laughs> Trying to get in it would be It would be referring or implying that you could be out of it. That's an impossibility you see? When self plays God, it it starts making impossible things plausible. So here many of us are trying to get into the moment we can't get out of, and then a lot of us are trying to get out of self, which we cannot possibly be in. (laughs) So if you see I can't be a self, that's what you would call being out of self, yeah? And being in the moment is is just a fact. So you you can never possibly be out of it. So why do you want to get in it? You're in it. You're 100% in every moment. (laughs) There's absolutely no bit of lack of any moment. You are the moment that you think you're in. And that moment is always 100%. Your participation in it may seem to be less, but the moment is 100%. And I would say we're the moment, not what's trying to be in the moment or out of the moment. We are what that moment is. Yeah. And then the whole idea of getting out of self, fuck. <laughs> Every time someone, all I hear of people, all I hear about people from who are supposedly getting out of self is being in self. I never heard as much being in self before. But everyone who's occupied in getting out of self, all they talk about is being in self. What happens if you? it's impossible you are not a self, nor can you ever be a self. So, if it's impossible to be in so, then I don't have to get out of it. That's being out of it. See? That's the timeless solution. The timeless solution, let's say, if a problem is imaginary, it's recognizing it's imaginary. It takes absolutely no time to get out of it then. Yes? That's the timeless quality. If you're, if you're in something, it's going to take you time to get out of it. That's a process here. The solution is, you're not in it. Therefore, there's no need to get out of it, which takes you absolutely no time. That's what I love about this message. It's, it's consistent, inherent, persistent quality. is timelessness. If you want to keep putting it into time and practices and processes, go right ahead. But you're never going to change its quality. It's timeless. It's like a thief in the night, like they say in the Bible. It's timeless. You want to stretch it out as a path or a practice? That's your mind doing it. That's fine. But it's not going to change its quality. It's not going to be a temporal solution that's defined by circumstances and situations. It overrides all those. It's timeless. It interrupts you as God and puts you in your right place, which is you're not God in that sense, the playing of it. And then God is revealed. But how can it ever be revealed to you? The you that you want it revealed to is playing God. When I'm not that you, that's how God's revealed. I'm not that you that blocks me off from that revelation. Because I want the revelation for me. It's not for me. It's just a revelation. That's its nature. It's revelatory. It's not to me. I'm not special. When I realize I'm not this, I'm open to all of that. But when I try to make all of that open to this, it's very small. Very, very small. Jeez, it's... If you look at a lot of activity, you can bring it back to that statement, quit playing, God. It's so fucking, it's the dominant movement of the activity of alcoholism right now. Many of us are not drinking tonight, but there's a whole lot of God playing going on. Yeah. It's the, that's the main, that's the living activity of the alcoholism, is God playing. I swear, over the years, this is just more and more... Downloads about this. It's just the clearest thing to me at this moment. It could change later, but right now, for the last year, a couple of years, the playing God is it. It's all the thing. You don't have to fucking know God. Stop playing God. Stop being that which plays God. Like Ramana, our great teacher says, you when you know God, it's to know God is to be God. That's how. To, when you know God, you're being God. That's exactly what it's like. When you're playing God, all you can do is know God. You'll never be God, because you're already playing God, the mind, yeah? So, there is a solution. Thanks. We'll end with serenity prayer. And don't forget the shirts, man. Papa needs to get a new bed.